0: You're listening to Power Athlete Radio, a podcast dedicated to empowering your performance every damn day. Join former NFL pro and Power Athlete founder John Wellborn as he dissects the greatest minds in strength, conditioning, and more. Joining him is everyone's favorite coach and hair model, Chris, aka Tex McQuilkin, Power Athlete's Director of Performance. So whether your goal is to be the hammer, destroy mediocrity, or simply move the dirt, you've come to the right place. Now with the warm-up done, let the gains begin. This episode is part of our Move the Dirt series, designed to empower you with the tools to move towards your goals. Move the Dirt is something we say a lot here at Power Athlete. The dirt is the dirt. It's that lazy, fearful, bitch-mode voice in your head that says, too tired, too busy, too old, too injured, too whatever... You can't reason with it, but you can move it. Some days you get a big-ass shovel in your hands and it's easy. You're strong, you're motivated, you're king of the world. But some days you get a spoon and you've still got to show up and move that shit anyway, rep by rep, spoon by spoon. So long as you're moving a little dirt every day, you're digging in the right direction. If you're sick of the dirt dominating you and you want to be master of your own self, walk the power athlete path with us. Visit powerathletehq.com forward slash training and start moving the dirt today.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm John Wellborn. I'm joined by Mr. McQuilkin. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too, founder and tenure NFL (laughs) veteran, John Wellborn. Uh, I think CEO. What did did I forget? uh, I mean, liver of life, master
0: of. Lover and laugher. Live. Live, laugh, love? Uh-huh. Uh, nice. So what's going on, man? Well, we're gearing up for the new year. I'm excited for our holiday season here and to shut down for the, for the year because we've worked very hard. We've accomplished a lot. And now we get a little bit of a breather. So this podcast is gearing up for the uh, new you. I know you're a big resolutionist. Mm.
1: <laughs> Here's the data. 80% of nutrition resolutions fail after just one month. What we help make happen is you moving the dirt past February 1st. So here's the deal. If you want to tack the year with purpose, stay the course and hit your goals, you need Power Athlete Programming. It's been battle-tested at the highest level and gets results for every level of athlete. As a special offer this January, if you commit to the cause for a year, you get the full Power Athlete experience for less than a dollar a day with an extra 200 bucks of content for free, a one-on-one consultation to help you set your goals, and a nutrition protocol of your choice. Visit PowerAthleteHQ.com forward slash training and start moving the dirt today. Well, um, I'm not necessarily a big resolutionist fan. Shocker. I know you guys find it hard to believe that New Year's resolutions aren't my deal, but I am a fan of new beginnings. And I'm- Is that the new feminine hygiene spray? (laughs) No, but uh, like uh, whether it be like cleaning out a garage throwing away a bunch of crap that you don't wear, like going through and collecting the hundreds of black t-shirts that I've accumulated over the years or even just over the year and throwing them out. There's like a sense of, I don't know, it's uh, it's just cathartic. It really just helps you just kind of fucking throw it all away and start new. So I do like the new year for the fact that, you know, 2023, we're out with the old, uh, in with the new, and we have the opportunity to make some interesting life changes. And more importantly, it offers us a time to reflect upon the past um in years past i used to sit down and do a blog post and you know what i'd learned in that year what i'd learned in years previous um, kind of culminating at that point um now we just do bitching podcasts on it and here at power athlete radio so like we're going to
0: do well today. this is how they used to do these john spoken word so we're getting back to the olden days and your roots in philosophy mm. by speaking what you've learned every time you you say the word spoken word, I think
1: of uh, Henry Rollins when did all that spoken word poetry, and uh, at Berkeley they used to do they, these guys these poets would get up and do spoken word, yeah, the total beatnik thing. So every time you say it, I laugh thinking about sitting at Strata Coffee listening to somebody pontificate about you know Jack Kerouac. If you own a rug, you own too much.
0: Yeah, it just makes me think of the Kenny Powers audiobook is probably the greatest literature of my time i'm not familiar with it oh my god well go ahead and youtube Uh. anyone out there kenny powers audiobook after this podcast of course because we have some incredible knowledge to drop and this is the first in a series of podcasts on power athlete radio Mm. we're getting into the series game and we're focusing on moving the dirt oh oh
1: I mean, it's become something of a mantra around power athlete. I mean, we've got cups. Texas got a shirt on with it. Um, The move the dirt deal. On occasion, people will tag me uh, in that original podcast that was on, what was it? uh, Barbell Shrugged many, many years ago. The first time I ever dropped that analogy. But that move the dirt thing has become much more than just training. It's become much more than just moving a pile of dirt. I think for 2022 and 23. And as I've been really thinking about this uh, statement that I made many, many years ago on barbell shrugged, um, moving dirt without a plan is just flinging dirt around in a random pattern. You know, we talked about like the training in terms of like, here's a pile moving one pile. Some days you get a shovel, some days you get a spoon. It has to be a little more directed than that.
0: You have to also spoke to that as, you know, working out versus training. Yeah. We just burning calories or We have a bigger purpose here. Yeah.
1: Um, So, you know, the effort that you push forth every single day is going to be dictated by many things. Um, It could be sleep. It could be performance. It could be family stress. It could be business. I mean, a million things. The amount of bandwidth that you have in a single day is really pretty, um, at least for me, I wish it was infinite, but it's not. Like, I only have, you know, let's say I sleep six, seven hours, eight hours. Let's say I sleep eight hours, right? It means I have 16 hours a day to accomplish uh, as much as I want to accomplish, right? Like, so your bandwidth is pretty well set. You know, you got a wife, you got a kid, you got all these things to manage. And adding new things, there's not really capacity to do it because something else has to give. Um, but sometimes you have to. Um, we get approached by de uh, Riberio from Six Blades about working with his fighters. And the expectation, you know, these are some of the top jiu-jitsu players in the world. These guys are world-class athletes, professional athletes, and having them come in and realizing that they're beginners are white belts in the training space. Realizing that the majority of people that we're gonna encounter are novices in the form of training in which we do. And that was extremely impactful for me because when I, you know, when he suggested, hey, I need you to work with, you know, would you work with these guys? I was like, I'd love to. Um, It's a one. It's a it's a new athlete that we're not necessarily familiar with. Two. It's a a very interesting sport for me. Um, If these guys are going to humble themselves to come train with me, I have to humble myself to go train with them. I have to learn stuff. And if they're going to be sharp enough to show up and give us effort, I got to go learn their stuff. So I started training with those guys, and that's been extremely humbling because the uh, the skill set I have from you know obviously playing football and. Uh, You know, fighting and just boxing and all the stuff that I do is very ground-based, very foot-based. And now here's something where you start on the ground and it's very humbling and very equaling and it's very technical. And uh, it's been extremely impactful for me just for the fact that I have to go learn a new skill. Feeling like, hey, you know what? Uh, My conditioning isn't as good as it needs to be. And I'm probably a little bigger than I need to be. So now, now all of a sudden I got something to train for. Um, you know, and then I got these fighters coming in where, you know, we got to match wits with them and they're constantly like, Hey, come train, come train. And one of the things I don't want to do is I don't want to gas cause I don't want them to gas. So then realizing like, dude, I gotta, uh, I gotta trim down. I'm too big. And then also I gotta up my conditioning. So I've been doing a ton more zone two, more Tabata, more, more, uh, just more, high-end conditioning stuff whereas before we did a little bit just for health but really pushing it that way and then obviously having something to test where now we're going in and using it
0: so sticking with the, the the move the dirt concept here and bandwidth and you only have so much time and focus well this is the beauty of where you need to essentially have a plan write a goal and then you need to dedicate dirt move daily to said goal so whether it's commitment to family and being the, the the man, the figure, the identity that they need to continue to grow and strive to, you still have your conditioning, you still got your weightlifting, then you got your charity and your business and this. So it's mindful that you have all these that need your responsibility, your effort, your support, but this task, I need a shovel today because we got a deadline this task I can commit a spoon to and we should, can just get some get some effort done on the bike 20 minutes because I got two hours of coaching then I got 14 hours of podcasting just yeah. kidding and then family time
1: well um, the move the dirt has extended itself and we're not just moving dirt it's moving dirt with a plan you got to have a plan for your nutrition um, you know that's something that has become not only I mean it's always been a focus in my life there's always been some form of pre-designed eating I've never been real good at just like free eating because I'll end up kind of like not eating and then eating too much uh, and I'm not real good in terms of like like black box uh, like uh, explain uh, um have you ever met people that never bounce their checkbook that, what's a checkbook, John? Or just never balance, like never reconcile their account at the end of the month. So you're like, I kind of hope I have enough money in there. I think I do. I think I put some deposits. I don't really live well, very well in gray space with with uh, not only my bank account, but also with food. So I do much better when I have an accurate understanding of like how many calories I'm going to consume in something. Um, just for the fact that like I just don't like gray area with it. So I think having a plan for nutrition um, has. Been important. I mean, everybody that we've worked with for the remote coach or for the individuals or that even follows a power athlete program, if they have some nutrition plan in place now, whether it be one of the templates we use or a performance that we design or even something, you know, from somebody else, as long as they have a plan on how they're going to eat and more importantly, um, how they're going to try to arrange their food. I feel that they make pretty accurate they'll meet their goals um so i think there is a nutrition plan i think you gotta have a training plan too um i've done this for many years too where you just i mean so my training plan and people always ask me what training you're doing i'm usually testing something for something that's coming up so we just got done done doing uh the rest pause cycles in jack street so i tested a bunch of rest pause now i'm testing a every other day full body uh training program that's uh Kind of goes, um, you know, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. And kind of so you get three days and then four days and it alters so that you can use push the conditioning, um, you know, put your sport, whether it be Jitsu whatever it is. And which in is this a
0: future grindstone?
1: Um, it might be a future standalone. Um, I, I, have, I have three programs that I'm working with in the jiu-jitsu space. One is um, is basically like your white belt. And then the one next one would be like blue belt. And then like the, there'd be like a, a purple, brown, kind of black belt kind of deal. Almost three different levels. And not necessarily based on what belt you are, but like your exposure to time.
0: Your training age, we'll yeah, call your it. your training age. In and, the gym, not necessarily on the mats.
1: But something to pair with your jits. Right. So um, when I sat down and just really dug into what people are doing for strength conditioning in the jits world, it's really varied and, uh, you know, sitting there talking to Sean Diaton. The other thing that's been very impactful for me as Victor and these guys have been preparing for Worlds coming up here in December, uh, they'll constantly be sending me different, like, classic fights. So yeah. that, uh, like... Um, well, you're jumping ahead. So oh, if sorry. you
0: want to know more on Power Athletes' Take in preparation for the combat sports, jiu-jitsu, MMA, check out Power Athlete Radio episode 665. Um, but sticking with the, the move the dirt, how much time... Energy you have, and many people, let's say, nutrition or training is not their priority, and you know, kids soccer or work and X Y Z and going out and social all these things they push training and nutrition down 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 to where it uh, becomes so too late.
1: I, I like I so disagree with that one because I've I've done that. I've uh, I've prioritized you know work and all these other things over you know not only made the nutrition or the training piece. And all that happens is I end up feeling worse about myself. Um, even with the JIT stuff, when those guys, uh, when they started coming to train and they were like, you know, when are you coming to train with us? Um, looking at the schedule and trying to figure out where I could get this thing in, there was a million reasons to not do it. And the problem is, is, is if you don't prioritize your health, you know, prioritize, you know, what you, you know, like the bucket that you need filled. Um, for me, it wasn't necessarily the physical one, and you know, because I can you know we still have a you know obviously a gym and train and do all that, but actually the education piece and the actual the intricacies of learning something new, humbling yourself and realizing, I don't know shit, teach me something, and then being able to kind of get into that student education you know learning mindset, and uh, that I don't think is ever something that you can push to the bottom and ever feel good so what I I, I do really enjoy about this is uh it's very technical um there it's like a a a physical chess master in a lot of ways and you know you in the beginning only have a very very small skill set and as time goes on you develop a large skill set uh the one thing that the skill set that I have is I have this uh This power button, imagine you're playing a video game, and you can kind of hit a button that goes superpower, which effectively allows you to get out of anything. I have the ability to go superpower at any point. Because one, uh, I have uh, pretty quick, pretty athletic, and pretty strong, so I can get out of a lot of shit. And even when people are trying to get me in stuff, I have the ability to kind of fight or stay away. And so I have to almost humble myself and not use my power button, and realize that I have to either Get choked out, or I have to get into a bad position so that I can humble myself to learn the technique, and more importantly, to learn from my bad decisions. And uh, that's been very, very humbling. Where in my head, I constantly think, like, don't go superpower; just like let it happen, and try to use the technique, and try to be better.
0: And that experience on the mats, it also has sparked you to revalue education and learning. Yeah. So with what little time you have investing in appropriate podcasts, books, books on tape, uh, et cetera, to continue to actually expand versus a lot of the materials and educate, uh, I know I want to save this term for you, but the a lot of the podcast uh, materials that exist, yeah, so, a lot of the potential books, yeah, the, you're not wasting your time with uh, CW TV uh, shows anymore. I'm so proud of you. Ah, uh, well, grown th- up. That was during COVID because you finished them all. No, well, we were during COVID.
1: We what did we watch? We watched The Arrow and we, the Flash. We we goose. Uh, that was my kids. Okay, and we, I, you know, I couldn't let him watch it by himself. So I've always viewed reading, especially the classics as my opportunity to have a conversation with the smartest people that walked on the planet the issue comes down to it's very one-dimensional and you know you're absorbing information and then as you're absorbing this information and whether it be uh, i don't know marcus Aurelius, seneca i mean you know i did the talk on antiquity for the collective uh there's no ability for me to raise my hand and, and launch back um so I've kind of taken a different approach and also in terms of sharpening the blade for our own podcast. Um, We've been doing this thing a long time. We have hundreds of episodes.
0: Yes. We're coming up on 10 years. Power athlete radio's birthday is 2023, 10 year anniversary coming up. So expect something special.
1: So when I started this podcast or when we started this podcast or when I started coming on this podcast, for me it was about increasing my genealogy, meeting interesting people and hopefully having bitching conversations It was very organic in many ways. And I almost took a very Larry King approach where I wanted to be curious. I wanted to, um, you know, I I didn't want to drive it in a certain way. I wanted to just let things happen organically. wanted to have organic conversations and just kind of connect with people in this very, like, innocent kind of way. And I took that mindset for a long time. Like you're
0: sitting next to somebody... In, the, in an airplane. Yeah. You just pop down and, yeah. oh, hello.
1: And, and um, you know, like we would do, I, I tried not to over-research. If somebody had a book, we read it because I knew we were going to talk about it and I don't want to feel like a moron. Um, but I tried to make for a very organic conversation. And as I started listening to more and more podcasts, um, not only for, like, presentation but intros and how other people are doing it, the one thing that was very clear is, selfishly, I was looking – to these podcasts for certain pieces. I wanted to learn something. There was something specific that I'm going to. I just wasn't going to be entertained. And uh, there's a ton of junk food podcasts. Where Essentially,
0: it's, you don't walk away learning anything. You're yeah, not it's, a better because it's of it. Just, it's just education. And It's like that uh, or, Housewives television. Yeah. It, or it, I'm sorry. It's audio. not education.
1: It's Spoken a, word. It's entertainment. And... Uh, people are looking to be distracted. I got a uh, three-hour drive or a a 30-minute drive and I just plug in and you know now I can turn off and those have zero appeal to me. I want to either be educated, I want to learn something, I want to engage in something that is different than what I do and more importantly I want to sharpen my blade and be educated on something else. So the ability to be able to plug in and learn about either something that's very relevant in my life or something that's new and novel to me uh, is appealing. So as I've you know, progressed on this podcast, um, you know, obviously we've redone the podcast room. We've you know, um, made changes and whatnot. I mean, we've tried to up our own game, but oh, realizing
0: yeah. that- yeah. And a coach needs a coach. Yeah. I think an important professional step that we took, we did get a communications coach yep. to uh, take us to school. Yeah, I think it's, fa- I valued it. No, I thought it was good. Anytime you can get feedback,
1: useful feedback, um, even on my presentation style. You know, I go back and listen to this stuff, a lot of filler words. And the issue I run into is my brain works real fast. And so instead of just taking pauses and thinking through things, I just ended up just junk words, sound like shit. So uh, I really would like to not only just up my game, but I think it's just not moving dirt. I think you gotta have a plan whether it be for whatever you're doing, whether it be training. I mean, I gotta eat, I gotta, so I should have a plan for nutrition. Uh, if I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna train, I should have a plan. Just like when I go to JITS to roll, um, I'm very proactive. What are we learning today? Where does this fit in? How is this gonna help me? I'm just not randomly showing up hoping to learn a skill. I wanna know the progression. I want And We're, I'm sure they fucking hate me. Uh, no, but no, no, no. No, but uh, that's a big piece. I want to know what skills do I need to progress. How do I show mastery, and more importantly, how do I build upon the skill set that I have so that I can be, um, you know, more efficient at this. And then taking some of my NFL knowledge in terms of mastery and applying it, like uh, film studies extremely important. Always was um, having a plan, knowing what the curriculum is, making sure you have good training partners, making sure that they're clued in, and being able to give you real world feedback. So. I think putting a little plan in place, it's not randomly showing up hoping, just like people digging into the podcast randomly hoping for something good. I think you have to be a little selfish in going in and saying, Hey, this is what I want out of this experience and this is the plan that I have and then working with individuals to help you execute it.
0: Yeah. I mean that's the aim. We don't want our listeners to be random children who wanders into the middle of a movie theater. Yeah.
1: Well and (laughs) out of their element. And then personally for me, the one thing like we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, I, for somebody that trains as much as we do, I felt that my conditioning wasn't what it needed to be. Um, not that I necessarily gas, but I should be able to uh, be able to go in and do multiple classes. I should be able to embrace this thing and be able to perform at a high level at all points. And I was feeling like I was gassing out. So you know what? All I do instead of hoping that I'm gonna get the training or the consistency there, I have to supplement the training, which is what I know how. The one interesting observation too that I've made especially for guys um, in our classes and the guys that I've been rolling with. You know, dudes in their 20s, not so much when guys get in their 30s and 40s and even some of the older guys. Lack of durability. Um, The reason we lift weights and the reason we stay in shape and the reason we do all these training, whether it be, you know, something dynamic, you know, everything from rotation, med ball, swing kettlebells, uh, lift heavy weights. I mean, everything that we do with plyometrics and jumping and running, I mean, everything within the power athlete space, there is an underlining... Effect of durability and to be able to go in and roll and compete and and, you know I mean, I'm very fortunate in that uh, you know a bunch of color belts show up to my class I think to try to take a fucking piece out of me, which I appreciate But the ability to be durable where I can continue to do this stuff day in and day out And I don't get hurt and then seeing some other guys with weird like ab injuries and this and this and just a lot of nagging shit And it's because one they're not doing what they need to do outside of the gym in terms of conditioning and they're not banging weights and staying as strong as possible.
0: And not just banging weights, it's it's following well thought out, organized strength conditioning programs, because there are people that go out there and go to the gym and go to group fitness classes. You know, they're checking the box, but they're not following an appropriate plan for their training age yep. or their goal. And that's where they get dinged up. And this is something I'm passionate about. Somebody sh- theoretically should never get hurt in training. Yeah. So it will happen on the field in contact sports or on the mat. It's, it's impossible if we, if we got that open loop, but then if we're in training and it's progressive and it's building towards something, we should never get hurt. And this no. goes speaking to a lot of our group fitness but, followers out there.
1: But this also falls back to, you know, working with Victor and Arash and the guys, I mean, these guys are professional athletes that compete in this stuff and they're still beginners within the training space for us. And yet they have been going to the gym. Um, Cause I, I mean, those guys have been going to the gym and yet they come in and the training is very different, like the um, the game plan and what we know in terms of physiology and being able to pull out and maximize athleticism, increase human potential, and really push the boundaries that we know is possible, that becomes a deciding factor, and that happens with a well thought out plan. You're just not gonna randomly stumble upon that.
0: No, just <coughs> sets a 10 at some magazine yeah. or some workout you found in a magazine. But if you wanna know more about specific training programs and goals, head to com forward slash training and take our training program quiz to find the right one for you. All of this is leading towards our next or your big resolution for well, 2023.
1: Well, no, it, it, it's not necessarily a resolution, but just something that I've observed for myself personally. Um, I need something to compete in. Yes. I have to have something to compete in. put the uh, training to the test. Well, there has to be something in the future with a definitive mark to say this is the culmination of what I'm working for. This uh, idea of like, ah, I just want to be 8% body fat. Well, what happens when you're 8% body fat or 6% body fat? Then what? Okay. i um, like, there is no after that. Like, are you getting in shape for a fitness show? Or are you trying to do bodybuilding? Or are you trying to do figure or physique or something? Like, there has to be a day that you step on stage or on the mat or in the cage or whatever it is. Um, like, uh, you know, whether it be I want to run a 100 miles or, or hunt or take a big elk. I mean, there has to be some culmination. And we've worked with a ton of hunters and guys that were, you know, trying to give themselves um, amazing tasks to execute uh, in the hunting space. Like, uh, I'm, you know, I got this hunt I'm going to go to in Alaska and I want to do this. Like, there's a very small window to prepare for. And I believe as an individual, you have to set those goals to compete. Now, whether it be, you know, you against an individual, you against, uh, you know, something within a competition, you against, uh, you know, your own body in terms of getting in shape or, um, you know, you against some task. I believe that for me personally, as a you know, retired ex-veteran NFL player, there was always a deal that on the third week of July, I had to show up to training camp and I had to be in shape. The training had to culminate at that point. And then once I got there, there was another goal get through the preseason, then get to the season and get to the playoffs. And so then all of a sudden, you know, once you met that one goal, there was a series of more goals that you met. And for the last bunch of years, um, you know, my goal has just been like, hey, I'm going to go and lift some weights. Uh, I'm testing all these different training programs. And one thing of any of you guys that ever came to the old CrossFit football seminar, what was the one thing I said when we got to programming? If you're a chef that won't eat your own cooking, if you're, a coach, uh, oh. if you're a coach that won't do your own programming, I don't need you. I only need individuals that are willing to undertake. If I'm, I would never ask an athlete to do something I wouldn't ask them to do myself. Um, so w- for all of our training programs, there's always a, a bunch of research on the front side. We're always testing them, doing different stuff. So I had this feeling that I was kind of leading from the front. But then when, uh, when Shandi approached me, and Victor and those guys came in, and I had this, like, really just interesting, not existential, but just this, like, really interesting out-of-body moment where, you know, these individuals are coming to us because we are good at what we do. We, we foster develop athleticism and make bad motherfuckers better. And we've done that better than anybody for over a decade, if not longer. And as those guys came in and humbled themselves and, like, you know, like, shit, dude, this isn't easy, and asked them to do a lot of, Fucking hard shit, especially with uh, with on the Echo in terms of our conditioning bikes. Um, the one thing that made me feel a little disingenuous, and I'm always in this constant imposter syndrome. Uh, even as an NFL player, you know, you go out and you fucking beat the best dude in the world and you sit in your locker after. and like, am I really as good as I think I am? So I believe that there's this constant imposter syndrome. Having these individuals come in, and these dudes are bad at what they do. I mean, they're fucking, they're legit.
0: Bad means good in this yeah. scenario.
1: They are fucking legit legit at what they do some of the best in the world but then feeling like a little bit of an imposter that I don't know I haven't learned what they, I haven't humbled myself to do what they've done so realizing that going up and doing that and then realizing that this competition piece it uh, it would wakes me up um, you know uh, helps me get in shape helps me have focus everything for this end goal which is to be more competitive in what I'm doing and uh, realizing that one um, I gotta show up and compete every time I roll in there so it's about learning the information and using it, but it's also about uh, being consistent because people are expecting you to show up. Um, you know, real quick when once you get into jits, at least for me, um, people are like, "What days are you coming? I want to train with you," and so you get real, real consistent. Like as soon you know, as we're leaving, every time we see those guys, "What day are you showing up? I'll be there." And it's turned into a pretty good community for that reason. But I really feel like for me personally, and maybe um, maybe other people aren't as competition-driven as I am, but I need something to battle for. I mean, 22 Jack Street worked the way it did because there was a culmination at the end of 22 Jack Street. We had to step in the bod pod. There was a competition. So having some more competition environment, and especially some individuals that are training for some shit, has been very, very important for me to rekindle something that uh, I had just kind of... Not really pushed aside, but just thought like, oh you we're doing it in other ways. No, no, no. You gotta have something that you're waking up, something that's driving you towards a goal.
0: Yes, and we find a way to test that in training programs. Feel strong, we got two tests a year. So those those can be self-competitions, those can be competitions to other people on the training programs. What we've done
1: very well is created a robust training environment for the individuals following our training programs by being able to put cycles together, put tests in and different tests and retests, and then being able to have a leaderboard, even though the leaderboard has caused some issues because people constantly are fucking up, entering the information. Um, and I'll default that I believe that people just make errors. But really what people have done a good job of is finding people that are similar to them within the numbers. And then they end up having you know these, these little small competitions. I think competition is so important. It's so underrated. Um, but... Problem becomes is everybody's in this uh, weird, you know, health and fitness and look good. And everything's about like this image that you're projecting through social. And uh, it's vapid. It's fucking, it's broken. And I think you as an individual have to be able to throw a stake in the ground and say, this is what I'm training for. This is what I'm going. This is the end game. And you have to feel that if I don't put the work in, eventually that day's going to come. And I'm going to stand up on stage like one of my favorites is uh, Have you ever seen those pictures of like at a bodybuilding competition where there's like one dude who didn't get in shape or like one guy who just like spoofed it and showed up and all the dudes would be shredded. And one guy's all white and out of shape like that's the fear. You have to have that fear. I mean, think about when you went to college or even high school like there were finals. There was always a culmination of this information. You have to learn it because there's going to be a test at the end that you're going to be graded on. I think without some definitive test or something, you know, what are you training for? And more importantly, what's the outcome?
0: Uh huh. And the, the the importance of community is that it, it doesn't turn into, this is a, a strong word, but a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. So community should be supportive. It should be a friendly competition. So if if we're aiming for each other, we are pushing each other and both of us are getting better because of it. It's not blame or there's no way you got this. It's not complaining. It's not uh, you know defending. Oh, I yeah, I, uh, you know my life is this, my life is that. So I wasn't able to hit that number. You got lucky. So it's in it, it. We're aiming to help create a healthy community that then drives competition and makes each other better. Because we've we've had people that uh, you know we've come in contact with or have training and coaching and, and teaching experience with that create a negative. Experience, which then brings our training down like the energy I'll I'll quote Lindsay Matthews here is the energy is bad and it brings our whole team down versus a healthy sense of competition and a little bit candor where we're ragging on each other a little bit to, to elevate and lighten the mood, but it's still a a competitive nature. So Uh, aiming to create that on the training feeds versus like a a bitch and moan complain experience. um, I think in, Today's day and
1: age, we almost have to make a segment of community uh, because there's this online, social, uh, virtual community that I think we're, you know, plugged into, whether it be, um, you know, the power athlete training programs that we push out, which are, you know, virtual in many ways. Um, Also, you know, within our block one network. Um, you know, we have a coaches and a methodology online and those individuals that exist in different places. But yet, you know, we're still connected within an online community and then we do come together for big events, which I feel is so much more rich. Uh, I think when we start talking about community, there needs to be an interesting balance of obviously, you know, this virtual community, this virtual world we we'll are tied into based upon interests, identities, or more importantly, things that I belong to. But a bigger picture is actually the, physical community that we're tied to um, because it's very easy as men um, and I like I I laugh that there's you know uh, a ton of different podcasts and um, Instagram pages about you know fathers and this and um, you know getting in shape and you know dad bods and and there's like a whole like weird community for this but realistically as men age they tend to become very solemn um, almost like lone wolves Uh, women do much better job of keeping friendships and staying current and really engaging their friends and just better at creating those, you know, those groups, men tend to become very solemn and just kind of their friends fall by the wayside and they don't do a good job of establishing community. Um, my dad was a lifelong Rotary member. Went to Rotary every week for 50 plus years. And, Is that like the Elks Club? Uh, it's like a service club, uh, but through business. So they like the Rotarians do, I don't know, charity stuff. Um, But my dad got into scuba diving with these Rotarians and traveled the world and had scuba diving trips and they would go to baseball games and they had all these service stuff and meetings and the whole deal. And he was, it was very important. He was a member of the California Bar Association. He was, there was a breakfast club. There were different men's groups that my dad was always very into um, that were, you know, kind of agnostic of his family, you know, different than his wife. And I believe that stuff's super important. Um, You know, whether it be, Um, you know, through your church, uh, whether it be through your CrossFit gym, maybe, you know, your jujitsu gym, whatever it looks like. But realizing that uh, iron sharpens iron. And for you as an individual and especially as a man, it's important to maintain those relationships and have people around you that are, you know, uh, bringing something different of value to the table. Um, You know, the age old cult leader where, you know, I have my, um, influence group that sits at my feet and I get to pontificate and talk about how great I am and, you know, give everybody else advice, um, I think is very one directional. Um, I want to be surrounded by like-minded individuals that are extremely talented in other ways that are forcing me to up my game. Um, I think JIT has been good uh, for the fact that I get to show up and learn a new skill and I get to meet a bunch of you know, new individuals that I might not have had access to. So there's a new community of individuals to, to associate with. Um, but I think that needs to happen in other ways, whether it be within education, within coaching, but not just calling people on the phone and, or you know emails or this, like actually engaging with individuals and having meaningful conversations. Um, something I forever am nervous about. Um, like how am I supposed to improve? How am I supposed to improve my education or deepen my well of knowledge? Um, you know is, is it through uh, absorbing information, uh, through podcasts, is it uh, reading new books? I mean, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, like sitting around, you know, the proverbial campfire and engaging in discussions, trading ideas, um, is really the like how we've evolved. And more importantly, I think the only way I'm going to deepen my pool is to be around people smarter than me. You know, what's the age old like? Uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room. If you're the strong. That's why you hang out with me. <laughs> Well, Tex, as much as I do hanging out on you, you are not necessarily one to, like, ask me a philosophical question to, like, what push does, me what in what different what ways. What are you talking about? It's power at the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, like yesterday, uh, uh, like, um, you know, like, I, I, like that. I mean, we, we do it within the confines of this, but, like, you know, it's not like we go over and on a Friday and sit there and drink beers and you're like, so what do you think about life?
0: Yeah, because you're off going to jiu-jitsu and I'm sitting there drinking alone. Well, I'm taking you to jiu-jitsu with me. And then you get choked
1: out by a fucking big-ass white belt that was over there on you. Well, yeah. I'm, what's less than a white belt? I don't even own a belt. I, <laughs> but uh, I do I, I do my best, hopefully, to provide community. But I think it's important. I mean, you do it
0: within uh, the social context for your lacrosse. But well, also and, and strength conferences. So I do highly value those. And then the, what's cool is I get to make friends and then bring them on Power the Radio. So, Joel well, uh, the yeah. latest example here.
1: Yeah. Awesome pod. Uh, I do. I, I, I've been talking to Tom Newman at least two to three days a oh, week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, connected with Tom at the uh, the conferences. and He's become uh, an resource. incredible resource yeah. and just such a sharp cat. But, like, that part of, like, actually having community and sharing and then being able to, like, support your friends and be around them. So, I just look, I just was, uh, Steve Weatherford just tried to run 100 miles. And he had, like, a bunch of men from his, like, church group. That I guess I'll get together and train that were support. And uh, he didn't, I think he ended up going like 65 miles in like 17 hours, so he didn't necessarily meet the goal. But he had like a cast of characters that were there every step of the way supporting him. And uh, not that about I didn't... What the guys that were hanging out on miles 66 to 100? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to condone a 100-mile race, but I think you got to have, like, you got to have road dogs. You got to have people that you're ready to roll with. And uh, the problem a lot of times... And uh, like we said earlier, like men tend to be very solemn, so you gotta, you know, you gotta extend out there, whether or not you go join a club or do something. But I think having community outside of the confines of virtual internet, social media, email, podcast, fuck,
0: yeah, I'm betting big against the metaverse, fucking yeah. Go find friends and Pete. touch uh, up, Give yeah, them a hug, touch tummies. <sighs> it's a. Uh, It's, dude,
1: it it, it seems overwhelming, but you have to remember a lot of people are praying for the metaverse. I secretly, so think about this. Uh, I heard a a pretty interesting- I'll I'll give
0: you 60 seconds to go down the rabbit hole and I'm going to pull you right back out. Uh, Go for it. So during
1: COVID, during lockdown, the amount of people that I've talked to that actually were ecstatic that they didn't have to leave their house and that they didn't have to engage in this and they were forced. Like there were, I believe there were more people- then we know that we're somehow relieved, that one that they didn't have to put on uh, you know, clothes or they could wear in sweatpants, they didn't have to worry about this, and they could, you know, like, like they didn't want, like there were people that were more than okay to pull back from society and not engage. And I just, I don't think you improve yourself in any way in that way. I think you have to go out and engage people, you have to meet them, and you have to search for community. I think it becomes more and more difficult as the older you get. And um, I know when we lived in Newport Beach, obviously we lived in a neighborhood. You know, now that we live out on a piece of land, community is a little more difficult. But, you know, Kate's done a great job with, uh, you know, all the people at the barn and um, just engaging them. And just for the fact that, you know, uh, know, all these uh, JITS guys have been coming to train with us. And now we have new community and new friends and just new individuals to engage with has been extremely important, I believe, for me as an individual. And then also, um, you know, to constantly, and I know, dude, it sounds crazy, uh, the imposter syndrome, even as a 10-year NFL player, uh, I still had it, but to really see the efficacy of the training program and the power athlete model for athleticism utilized on these individuals and not only seeing them progress in the weight room, but then actually going and training with them and seeing them within the confines of the sport they do and seeing – the growth that they've made in such a short period of time almost makes me think this stuff is almost cheating.
0: Oh yeah. I see it with the lax dudes and this confidence that comes from their utility, their ability to move and their success in their uh, physical endeavors. It's, I mean, it gives you goosebumps Uh, and you can't, you can't claim it. We can't say, Oh, we did that. But you know, you, we have the idea that we're seeing this stuff unfold after a certain amount of time and expressed at the highest level of competition that they're facing, that they have confidence doing that, you f- can feel good about it. Yeah, after we saw uh,
1: Gordon Ryan roll at that flow event, um, and then, um, you know, obviously I know uh, um, Coach Cabs has been coming down and working with those um, uh, new wave guys. Uh, I ended up plugging in on some of John Danifer's stuff, who's their coach, um, who's kind of a Zen Buddhist of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, just a r- really interesting coach but he had some interesting statements about confidence that I thought um, were actually extremely insightful, and actually I could relate to myself as an NFL player. Um, confidence, and more importantly, the confidence that I have the ability to do something, doesn't, it isn't something mental. It ends up stacking and coming from having done the physical body of work that allows you to be successful. The reason I have confidence isn't because I've somehow cultivated a mindset or I've built mental toughness. No, it comes from the fact that I've done the work that was necessary for me to be successful. And I have been successful within the training environment to go out and be successful within the, you know, within the, uh, you know, the pinnacle of my sport. So for, for me as an NFL player, uh, the training we did in the off season was always much more severe than whatever it looked like on Sunday. You know, the age old, Louis Simmons, you know, master kung fu, the training must be severe. Mm -hmm. I knew going into training camp that nothing I would do in training camp would be as hard as what I did in the off season within our training with Roth. Um, And then when we got to the game, I knew that what I was gonna do in the game wasn't as difficult or as demanding as what I'd done within the lead up to it. So there was a confidence when I walked out there. I mean, I was always nervous but it wasn't like I was nervous because I hadn't done the work. And the guys that I saw that were nervous on game day was because they'd not, they had not invested and done the preparation needed to make themselves successful. So I, I believe uh, Danifer's statement was, um, talking to Lex Friedman, you know, why is Gordon Ryan so good? Why is he so cocky? Why is he so confident? And Danifer was very simple. And it's like, he has every right to be because he's, he's done the work, he's been successful, he's tapped and worked with the best dudes in the world. And he knew what he did in training wasn't going to be as hard. So why wouldn't he be as confident as he needs to be? And uh, a lot of Danifer's statements in that podcast uh, were extremely hit home with me because it was very close to how I viewed my own NFL career. And this idea of mastery and um, that piece, man, but you have to have people around you. And this is another community piece. You can't have people around you that are just yes men. You can't have people around you that are just like, you're the best, you're the best, the uh, proverbial hanger honors as an NFL player, the, the guys that just want to be in your entourage. And the one thing that's, that's been pretty nice about training with Victor and Shandi and these cats is they are extremely uh, honest of skill set, who you are, and whether or not it's good or whether or not it's, it's bad. And uh, I always ask, I'm like, yo man, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. Um, I want an honest assessment if I can't do something or something sucks tell me it fucking sucks But don't just tell me it sucks show me how to be better and then having that blind desire or passion or just focus To try to better yourself at every point when you walk through I think it's the only way that you reach mastery
0: Yeah, and last note on community. It's also important to find people I'm not saying yes, man But people to still lift you up because dude there's communities out there that drag you down into their shit And pull away uh, and give you hard times for making, we'll call it healthy choices for training, for nutrition, Like like who? I'm not going to name names, but giving you hard times for not choosing to go out drinking, to not choosing to, you know, do things that take away from education, training, and all the things that we said in our our first Move the Dirt segment. Uh, Funny
1: antidote. Um, I, I knew that the guys had really taken hold. Uh, and we're really embracing this entire, you know, kind of power athlete mantra uh, within the training space and just kind of the whole attitude in that um, there was a birthday party that all the guys went to and uh, Arash and, and Victor and all the dudes basically just like Irish goodbye, just dark man to out the door and didn't have drinks because they knew that we were doing conditioning the next day and they didn't want, uh, one, they didn't want to show up late, two, they didn't want to miss out on sleep, and three, they didn't want to have drinks because they knew it was going to be fucking awful and they showed up, and uh, I, I, I heard that these guys darked out, didn't have drinks, and when they asked them, hey, you having a drink, they're like, no, no, they're gonna, no, it's gonna be awful tomorrow, and I'm not gonna dig myself in a hole. So hearing that was, uh, meant that we were instituting the right set of values and pushing them in the right direction, and they were the individuals that we thought them to be, which was exciting for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Which leads us to our next point here. It's okay to not have all the answers
1: oh man
0: this is um, explain us this one because you're a man that people seek to for the answers the
1: idea that of a man that you know you're this uh, strong you know know, put my shoulder to the wind and keep pushing and this unmovable thing and like you know the head of the family and all this other stuff uh, it's fucking exhausting and I think it's this feeling of like this like 1950s value of what a man should be, and that any deviation and this idea that you have to be able to take care of this, and you know the uh, Chris Rock had a great bit where he said, um, "Men are only valued if they can provide something. Everybody wants to help women and children, but fucking men have no worth unless they can provide." And that's a fucking tall order. And when people come to you, they're expecting you to give all the answers and that you have all the answers. And there's a vulnerability. In feeling like, man, I hate feeling that. I'm like, why should I always have the answers? Now, if it comes into the training space and you come to me and you're like, how do I get bigger? How do I get stronger? How do I do this? Um, you know, you're going to have 4 billion Instagram pages that are all parroting the same shit we've been saying for many, many years. But the biggest reason that people don't make good on this stuff isn't for the mere fact that they don't have the necessary information. It comes down to perseverance. They just can't implement it. Everybody knows that, you know, uh, you got to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight and you got to do this and this and this. It's very real to look at the plan in place and actually find a way to weave the plan into your daily being. And when you're, you know, the older you get and let's say you're, you know, I mean, uh, let's say you're a, a father of three and you got a husband or a, um, a wife and a, you're a husband and you have a business and you know, all these other things, all of a sudden your time gets cut down, very small. So now you have to become extremely strategic. If I'm a, you know, forty nine year old dude who's divorced, who's living in an apartment that, uh, you know, I mean, you know the, that I have nobody looking for me, nothing to do other than maybe just go to the gym and do different things. I mean, it becomes very simple. But when you start adding more and more complexity, you have to be very strategic with it. So this feeling of uh, you got to have all the answers is it's fucking overwhelming. And I think where that hit me had to do more with the type one diabetes deal in that uh, I read Dr. Bernstein's book. Um, I poured in and the amount of information that I've digested in relation to type one diabetes, um, is nauseating. You know, I have to be able to, you know, put a, um, you know, a series of, of, you know, a plan in place and have the answers in this. it just feels fucking overwhelming. And I think there's a vulnerability in admitting like, I don't fucking know. And, uh, you know, because as a, as a parent or a father or, you know, business owner, people expect you, they're coming to you for the answers. And, um, you know, and then is there, a you know, I mean, it, it, is there, uh, shame in saying like, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know what we should do. Um, like I've looked at all the information and I'm more confused now than I've ever been which is really just that type one diabetes thing. You just look at it and like you have a plan and you think it should work out and it doesn't. And there's a feeling like, fuck man, I don't know what the answer is that, you know, we're just going to keep plugging away. And then you just, you know, when you make a mistake, you chart it down and you try to not make that same mistake twice. You know, whether it be in the business space too, you know, like, Hey, um, you know, does it make sense to, uh, you know, do X, Y, and Z or what do you do? Um, I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do know which makes a successful business is providing good information, being authentic, um, you know, speaking from a place of of actual um, knowledge and compassion and giving, uh, I think breeds for a pretty good business. I mean, I I did the job. Um, I played in the NFL, I mean, which, you know, you think about it within the training space and then retired from that and then we traveled the world and Taught hundreds of seminars around the globe instituting different training programs uh, You know, within the CrossFit football deal, worked within that community, worked within Power Athlete. And we fucking worked a lot and tested and seen a lot of stuff and are pretty accurate in terms of describing this deal for human performance just because we did, we did the legwork. I just didn't try to fucking set up an app and take a picture and post it up there with, some, with something that we pirated. We literally built this on the ground with individuals. Or lie about PEDs. Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, uh, the liver... Oh, man, I, I'm so glad we didn't have to talk about the liver king
0: because um, I just don't care. Well, this leads me to our next point here that you have. Question everything. Yeah. So number five,
1: whether... And I don't know if it's a resolution or just something that's solidified. Now, this goes back many years. This is Berkeley. Uh, this is as a, a young freshman, uh, sophomore at Berkeley in these classes being taught that the secret to the scientific method and the secret to understanding anything is approach everything from this is bullshit and then work backwards. If you just blindly accept everything, then it becomes very difficult. If everything you approach to, you know, everything that's presented, you kind of put on your bullshit meter, your, uh, you know, you put on your lens and you think, uh, I don't know. I'm going to take I'm gonna take this one a little slow. I think this looks like bullshit. And working back, I really think you are a lot farther along. What scares me is how easily people are willing to blindly lead or blindly follow people that, one, have no vested interest in their survival, don't know them, and have proven to be dishonest many times in the past. So, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, you can do a basic... Google search and see things like uh, Operation Paperclip and, you know, seeing how like the, you know, CIA is infiltrate or, you know, works within the media. I mean, th- this was all stuff. As
0: one example, we don't have to get into it. Oh, I'm just
1: saying. But, you know, we know that we're, I mean, you know, through history, we're not given the whole truth. But yet people are so blind into following and just not taking uh, an, a, uh, what's the right word? Just, very nuanced stance on everything where if why is this information being presented to me, how does it work in this individual's favor? And more importantly, is this accurate? And, uh, you know, just for the same, right? Like if you were to take your car to a mechanic, are you just going to drop the car off and be like, I don't know something's wrong. Tell me what it is. Right. And then the guy comes back and goes, you got this, this, and this great, just do it. No, you know what you do? If there's a problem, you take it to maybe three mechanics And you try to, you know, take it to one guy, he gives you one, you go to another, you give it to a third, and then you basically sit back, you look at those three, and you look for the commonality or the one that makes sense. You just don't blindly drop your car off at a mechanic and say, hey, fix something. Um, So I'm amazed where people do it with, uh, they do it with food. Doctors. They do it with doctors. Um, They do it within, you know, within politics and health and all the other stuff. Like, you as an individual are the captain of your ship you are the you, you are navigating your ship. And if you're, you know, the head of your family, you have all these, you know, whether it be a wife or a husband, I mean, whatever it is, these people are depending upon you. And you, like I said, you don't have to have all the answers, but you also don't have to just blindly follow people that are disingenuous and could be full of shit. Like you have to be comfortable with the direction you're going. Like if I get in the car and we're driving a certain direction, I got to be comfortable that that direction is going to get us where we want to go, and we're going to be able to get there at a reasonable time in a reasonable manner. So I think my number five, and it's not I don't even think it. I know is you just got to question everything, and if you do have a question, reach out to the person. Just like we happens every day on Power Athlete, within our training programs, within our info, within our emails, people email or ask us within. DMs or on the programs they ask questions about the training they ask questions about this and I am and maybe in the past I know across the football land we were maybe a little pricklier uh, people tended to fucking land based people but I don't that hasn't been that way for many many years um, I am ecstatic when somebody wants to ask me a question or more importantly why does this work like this or question me anyway because I will gladly engage in it Because I want them to have the best information. I mean, I sit here and have all this. If I don't share it, what good is it? So uh, if you are involved in anything, question it. And the people that are providing you the information should be willing at all costs to provide you the answers you're looking for. And then from there, have a nuanced, intelligent discussion on it. If you want to discuss training or you want to look at volume and other stuff, let's rap about it all. And uh, I, am, I, I get real nervous when people go, no, 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 just trust the science. Just do what I say, do what I say. you know. Don't ask questions, do what I say. You, you know, and, um, and just shut people down. And when people start asking questions, well, why is this, why is this? And then uh, you see them get shut down or shunned or attacked or whatever, that makes me real nervous. I think that everybody should be able to ask questions and be able to have a nuanced discussion. So question everything.
0: Yeah, and there's a Descartes quote, and it's in Latin. I'm going to butcher this. De omnibus. I, I can't even try this. You're a Latin person. Yeah. But doubt everything is the Descartes. Yeah. Omnibus,
1: dub and It's not as easy as cooey de, de. De omnibus. Hey. Yeah. So it's, it's question everything. Uh, it. I mean, part, part of being an existentialist and um, some of the f- philosophies that I, uh, you know, have really identified with whether it be the Stoics or whatnot. Um, there's always an idea, this, this like overarching thing of like, you know, like what's the end game? Like, what am I trying to accomplish? You know, does this make sense? And a lot of times I hear things and they make no sense. I mean, that's the ethos, pathos and logos piece. So um, I don't believe truth is a bad thing. And I think, People that hide the truth, or more importantly, don't provide you the answers. I think you got to look for new people.
0: Which leads us to our last piece here: truth. Strive for authenticity and yeah. destroy mediocrity. I don't want to be surrounded
1: by disingenuous people. Um, I want to be like around authentic people. I, I want to be in an authentic relationship. I want to have authentic relationships with my kids. Um, I want to, you know, be vulnerable and, um, you know, have. Not superficial conversations and interactions with those around me. I don't want to have superficial conversations on this podcast. Um, I want to, you know, not just get shined on and, and given, you know, hey, this is what the the press junket said. I want to know interesting things and I want to engage with people on a personal level. Um, and I think anything less than that is is just fucking media. It's just mediocre. And uh, you know, that word mediocre is kind of interesting when people think, well, it's kind of middle. It's just like one, the uh, I had a funny one years ago. What was it? One lick of the lollipop of mediocrity, and you suck for life. Um, there is real strength in striving to avoid mediocrity, like being really good at something, not just being okay to be okay. And I, I think the only way you're going to get there is by having authentic people around you that are honest with you and have your best interest at heart. Like you bring somebody on that evaluates, let's say your podcast or the way you're communicating or the way you're preparing or, you know, your conditioning or whatever, like you gotta have people around you that are striving for you to be the best version. Like let's say, uh, I'll just, you know, I'll use Jits for example, you go up there, like I said, my conditioning wasn't good enough, um, you know, uh, I need to tighten my shit up. But having somebody there who's well-skilled that can even tell you like, hey, you didn't do this well, but let me show you how to do it better. You need to improve upon this skill. These are the foundations. These are the basics. Um, You've got
0: to ha- more. That's so also th- interested in your success.
1: Yeah, but, um, but, but think about like, um, you know, whether it be a gym or this. I mean, people's f- usually their first inclination is to protect their money. So like, let's say you bring in a student or a, a, an athlete or you're working with somebody. How many, uh, you know, the RG3 effect, right? Like the trainer didn't tell them that uh, you know your instability or position was this because he didn't want to hurt his feelings, he didn't want to lose his job. I will stand firm on the premise that as whether it be a coach or a sensei or an instructor or an educator or whatever, that you have to keep that agnostic of the success of your student, like. If I tell them, like, I can't tell them that they suck at this because then they're going to leave them or lose their money. I, I don't think you can live your life like that. I think, as me as an individual, let's say working with our athletes, I, I have to give them the poison pill. I have to give them the hard truth. Like, you can't do this or you don't do this
0: well. We need you to do it better. And you're not giving me. Well, you're, you're also not motherfucking them. And we can no. reference all the coaching I, scars. That's what I'm saying. Well, so but
1: but so so
0: there's it's, a fucking difference, right? There is. Like, and that's l- what we're. Yeah. like to,
1: Like, that's what I meant about authenticity. I think. The coaches that I've had that just motherfucked people was because, one, they didn't care. They were um, extremely frustrated with who they were as individuals. And, it's, and it takes a lot of emotional and mental investment to take an athlete on a journey and to actually engage and like invest in them. It's easier just to like tell them what to do. and If they don't do exactly what you want, fucking motherfucking yell at them. It's, it, it's, it's superficial. It's like, uh, um, you know, it, it's like, uh, um, I don't know, man. It, it's like fast food. Just showing up, show, you know, throwing your money at the person and them handing you whatever they hand you. Um, I, I, I want to, like, invest in it. Like, I, I want these individuals, I want them to, them to go on a journey to, like, understand themselves and better themselves in such a way that they understand the nuance of what we're trying to do. Just bring somebody in. Having him do something and him telling him me don't do it and motherfucking and being an asshole about it like that 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 one it doesn't appeal to me. Two, it's it it's not going to endear me to you, and I'm not going to get better from it. And at this point in my life, if something is not going to better me as an individual and sharpen my blade, I don't have fucking time for it. Right? I got enough shit to do. I'm not going to go over and nurture some shithead's fucking inner child because he wants to you know because he had a bad relationship and doesn't understand or had a bad day. Like uh, when your athletes show up or you're training individuals, you're taking them on this journey. You owe it to them to give them what they, you know, uh, what you're going to provide, which is, you know, to take them on a journey to, to make them better and
0: to invest. Yeah. And it's also something to say to the, the, the people that are following the training in their garage because they are willing to put forth the time, the energy, the effort. They're creating their own training space within their homes and they're willing to seek it out and follow an appropriate program that they can, they can trust.
1: I, um, I love our people. I love our power athlete nation. I like, like the people that follow our training programs are the best people on the planet. And I only know this because they hit me up, whether on emails, on socials. I get to see their gyms. I get to see their environments. Um, they reach out. And uh, every, every single one of them um, I would gladly go train with and uh, be friends I mean it's um, it, it's pretty inspiring um, the amount of people that are you know like fit within this demographic that you know like we'll shoot video of them in their garage and you'll see like a laundry machine and kids running by and this I, I, I love it and uh, yeah I, I feel so much pride and dude I feel so stoked that I, and I I tell them this within the training programs I'm so stoked I get to take you on this journey.
0: it's and it's not easy to do. Training alone, training solo, we see that as an excuse often from folks. Oh, I want to go to the group. I can't train alone. I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's not the, the culture and the environment and the Power Athlete Nation that we're building. We're providing the opportunity and putting people in a position to find solutions to then empower their performance. So a quick recap, and then we'll send all our listeners on their way. Yep. Our, our top five here, top six. I'll, I'll break six. them down.
1: It, we end up with six, but uh, the evolution of move the dirt—you got to have a plan. We're just not randomly slinging dirt from one pile to on the next. You got to have a strategic plan for
0: each each aspect of your life. Yeah. So it's not just up training plan, no. a nutrition plan. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, it's it's nutrition, it's training. I mean, even well, it, even the fact, like if you want to have a healthy marriage, yeah, make sure you put a plan to get to in uh, in place to still date your wife. Uh, education wise. Like, what is increasing my education, whether it be, you know, digesting podcasts, reading, um, you know, I don't know. Like, there should be places where you should be able to read books and go argue with people like we did in college. So I think have a a plan in place so that you're moving dirt efficiently. Um, For me, and I really think for all of you guys, finding something to compete in. Just competing in the idea of looking good on vacation or maybe dropping your body fat. um, It just isn't fucking who we who we are like you got to have something i mean training for vanity and health is great but like at the end of the day man like we're still athletes and i'll be an athlete to the day i die and athletes have some form of competition it's a definition with an athlete like you'd be able to have to do something athletic but actually have it culminate within something that forces you to be ready on that single day um number three you got to find a community um the virtual community that exists within social media and all this is great and i i I'm very fortunate for what we've created but I still need physical representation I still need to engage and talk to people face to face I need to go out and find like minded individuals that hold me to a standard and whether like my dad joining a rotary group or you know joining a jiu jitsu gym or you know whatever it looks like a fight gym boxing I know there's some great ones here around Austin but finding individuals that are willing to put themselves in the crucible and people that'll give you honest uh, um, you know honest feedback and honest opinions and give you Meet you, you know, give you what you're giving them and meet you halfway is so important. Um, Number four, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, There's okay with vulnerability and admitting that you don't have all the answers. But just admitting you don't have the answers doesn't get you off the hook. What that means is I don't have the answers and I don't know everything. But I also have the intelligence and the game plan in place so that I can effectively go out and, and answer those questions and be the person that the people around me need me to be. Um, Number five, question everything. We are being shoveled so much information so quickly. I don't believe at any point in history have we been force-fed this much information, whether it be within Twitter, within Facebook, within Instagram, all these different social media platforms, emails, this. I mean, there's just so much coming at us that I believe the only way you're gonna survive is if you put up the bullshit uh, meter and you question everything, and then you only let through what comes through, which appears to be authentic and real. Um, I just dude from like from nutrition to politics to, to social to this. I mean, everything just looks so shitty. Uh, you just gotta, I'm telling you, you got to question everything. If you if you don't, uh, you're gonna drown. You're gonna believe everything. And you're gonna get yourself in a bad place. Um, number six. Strive for authenticity and destroy mediocrity. Um, Don't be average uh, or below average. Don't be okay with just being mediocre at stuff. Strive now. Here's the deal. You might never master it, but it doesn't mean that the intent isn't there. Um, And just look for authentic people and authentic things. I I don't want to waste my time uh, like in shitty things or things that um, don't improve upon who I am. And I don't want to waste my time on people that are literally... uh, energy dementors, you know, that are just going to suck the life force out of me. So find like-minded people, strive for authenticity and, uh, fuck mediocrity.
0: This episode of Power Athlete Radio is powered by Train Heroic, the most immersive strength training app experience on the market.
1: We've built our online training business by partnering with Train Heroic and helping us deliver all of our world-class training programs like Jack Street, Field Strong, and Grindstone. To learn which Power Athlete training program best suits your goals, head to powerathletehq.com slash
0: training. And if you're a coach looking to build a business with the best tech and training, go to trainheroic.co forward slash Power Athlete HQ. And now back to the show. And there we have it. This is kicking off a series of Mood the Dirt podcast. We had to kick it off with Power Athlete founder and CEO and tenure. NFL athlete, John Wellborn. But we got some fun guests on tap to explore many different barriers that people have created for themselves and how to break through it so they can move dirt daily. Thank you for tuning in to power athlete radio.
1: Bye. Bye.